Hello, Vineyard family. Um, this is all a bit weird. James makes it look really easy talking into a camera and not seeing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking into my phone balanced on a SodaStream uh, and, machine. And this is definitely harder than leading worship was. <laughs> Anyway, we're we're talking about Exodus 15. Yeah. Um, so it's a uh, follow-on from, from what James talked about last week. Um, and so we've titled, or I've titled this, mm. My Thoughts on Exodus 15. David's Thoughts, Not Mine. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe try and just put in a, an image or two uh, during this talk so you can get some context. Um, but I'm just going to go backwards to Exodus 14. Um, and to just give a bit of context as well here. So um, the Israelites are busy getting chased by the Egyptians, um, and there's been some research done on how fast they would have traveled. So there's about a million plus people um, walking. Um, and so they reckon by the time they got to the Red Sea, it would have been 20 to 25 days. So they've been traveling a long time. I think they're exhausted. Uh, I've never walked 25 days, but that that's, seems like a long way for me. Um but they've also so they've got the exhaustion of of the walk, but also the stress of having the uh, the Egyptians behind them and chasing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that couldn't have helped. And then we know it, at least on the last day when they actually travel through the uh, the Red Sea that they actually uh, walk through the night. Um, so uh, that's that's a bit of a major. Um, we're going to delve into my imagination here just a little bit, but uh, the way I see it, you know, they finally get through the Red Sea. It's taken all night. Um, to get a million of them through there um, and day is breaking that's what it says in the Bible um, and the Egyptians are right behind them and the way the way I imagine it uh, it's now daylight, daylight so they can see what's going on they can see now that the Egyptians are behind them um, and in fact the Egyptians are walking or riding their chariots through the, the parted sea so um, being on chariot they would have been pretty fast so I, I imagine that the, the Israelites are thinking they've got half an hour to an hour before they all get slaughtered. So there's, um, so there's some huge stress uh, building up. The stress levels are through the roof, right? Um, okay, again, in for my imagination, I, th- I think there's, there's this almighty roar as two tsunamis come from, you know, both sides of the sea come back towards the Egyptians. There's the, the thundering of hooves, there's the screaming of the Egyptians as they know what's going on. There's this massive roar of the waters as they you know, come together and, and uh, smash the Egyptians. Um, and then I think there's dead silence. The Israelites are standing on the shore. They've just watched this happen. It's a mm. mind-boggling event. And then there's dead silence. And uh, no one knows what to do. And now um, Miriam picks up a drum and she starts to sing. And if you need a visual cue, sorry, um, Rosemary, but my visual cue is Rosemary. I, I imagine you would know what to do in this situation. You would be first up to start worshipping God. And that's, that's exactly what Miriam does. She just lets out a whoop. And just starts to worship God for what He's done, just right in front of their eyes. Mm. And then the whole nation just like just joins, and there's this you know, a million people singing together uh, and celebrating what God's done. Um, and she's she's leads them in the best response possible, and that's just to worship you know, and to praise God, their Savior, uh, their Yahweh. Mm. So we we'll read the the passage soon, but what's really um, amazing about this song as well is that it is the first recorded song of praise that, um, that we see in the Bible. Um, and it's an incredible, triumphant song of praise at an incredibly significant time in history. As James said last week, this was like the birth of Israel. 
The Lord himself delivered them. They were thrust out of Egypt, out of slavery and oppression, born again as a people set free, sons of daughters of Yahweh. At this place of departure, they were leaving the old man, the enslaved um, dead man behind, and here they worshipped. So we'll just read from uh, Exodus 15. It is quite a long song. It's, it's longer than my songs, so now I don't feel so bad about mine. <laughs> All right, so uh, starting from verse 1. Uh, then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My father... Sorry, my father is God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils the water piled up. The surging waters stood firm like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue them, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils, I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. In your unfading love you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall upon them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass by, O Lord, until the people you brought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance. The place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling. The sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. And when Pharaoh's horses, chariots and horsemen went into the sea. The Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women followed her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. Thanks, Anna. Uh, this um, feels a lot like our journey at the moment. So I think Anna and I really identify with the uh, with the Israelites. Um, about five or six years ago, I decided to uh, start a company, um, and so I can identify with the with the Israelites walking through the night or working through the night, mm. um, and the the feeling of being chased or the feeling of kind of impending doom or disaster catching up with you. Um, and then the feeling of God pulling off the impossible. Mm. Uh, and I think time and again we've had that. Yeah. Um, and uh, also I, I identify with them uh, praising God 
when when he rescues them from the impossible and man do i feel like praising god when he rescues me mm. in in you know, out of that sort of situation mm. i like uh in in exodus 14 from last week verse 14 it says uh, the lord will, or will put yahweh in there because i think that's what it's supposed to say so yahweh will fight for you you need only st- uh, to so you need only to stand still and um, this is when the when the Egyptians are about to over, overtake them. Um, and that standing still is something that I'm learning and then forgetting and then relearning. Um, and and how often I panic uh, and I tell God that things are falling apart. Um, and you know, saying like, what what happens if this doesn't work? You know, what what's what's coming if this doesn't work out? Um, and I note to self, I wonder, I wonder. If I didn't call God God in those situations, but call Him Yahweh, with all the promise that's behind that, mm. um, whether that would actually change the way, <laughs> change the way I pray. Um, but time and time again, He does deliver us, and um, most of the time with very little help from me. <laughs> um, so if we if we look at the next step of uh, after they've sung this this song, okay, we're going back into my imagination here, um, but I imagine. They've been singing for a while, they've been partying, um, they've been rejoicing, and then the sort of raucous dies down a bit, and someone turns around and looks at the situation where they're in, um, and they realize that they're sitting on an arid beach, uh, and they're surrounded by dry mountains, uh, and they're surrounded by desert. Um, and so and the, we know that it's, it's morning, so the sun's coming up, and they realize that they can't stay there. There's just there's going to be no rest. They've got to keep moving. Mm. Um, and this is after walking all through the night. Mm. Um, but I imagine they think to themselves now, well, we've got Moses with us. Moses spent 40 years in this exact wilderness. So they're going back to where Moses is from. Mm. Um, and so he must know the way, right? And as well, God's with him, and God's parting the waters in front of Moses. So we're going to be fine. Um, so they they take off after Moses and they wander for three days uh, through through what I believe is is a maze. They call them wadis. So uh, I'll show a picture of this. Um, they're essentially dry riverbeds, um, and it looks like a complete maze. Um, do you want to read that? More? Yeah, I'll yeah. just read um, from verse twenty-two. The Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they travelled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? And then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. Yeah, so three days without without drinking water is pretty dire. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, I I took my eldest son Ben hunting a couple of weeks ago, and he'll never do it again. <laughs> we ran out of water, um, and and we were, we were pretty thirsty, and we found a lemon tree, and I picked a lemon, thinking, well, hopefully, you know, at least that will kind of quench my thirst a little bit. But that was like drinking the the bitter waters of Mara. It didn't help at all. Um, so lesson learned don't go hunting with dad um, but you can kind of understand by the end of three days without drinking they're, they're pretty desperate they've forgotten they've forgotten um, that they're walking with Yahweh at that mm, point mm. And, and you can imagine the children yeah, you know just yeah. in that desperation um, it's, it's, it's so horrible to be dehydrated like that yeah 
Um, and I, I imagine that they've gone from, you know, following the one chosen by God, favored by God to going, who is this senile old man that's <laughs> led us in, you know, he's completely lost. He's mm. completely lost and he's leading us to our deaths. Mm. So you can, you can, uh, you can understand that. And, uh, I, I identify with that. It feels a lot like me too. Um, you know, forgetting, forgetting that we're actually traveling with Yahweh mm. and, and yeah, losing sight of that. Mm. Um, Andrew Butel told me once that I needed to write down, uh, when uh, when God rescues me, to remind myself, because uh, as He put it, I will completely forget it when the next crisis happens, and it's so true. You you get rescued by God, and then you forget what He's done. Hmm. Um, but I suppose if if I'm to sum up some of the things that Exodus 15 has taught me, um, it's taught me that I'm a lot like the Israelites. Um, it's also taught me that it's good to praise God when He's rescued us, uh, and it's also really good to be reminded that He's rescued us. Um, and for me, it's also good to, to remember that more often than not, he rescues me when I'm standing still, mm. you know, very little help from me. So. Mm. Um, I'm just going to add a few of my thoughts on to David's about Exodus 15. David has already talked a little about our journey over the last five or six years, um, which has felt to us like stepping out, um, to walk upon water, <laughs> um, relying upon God to provide the work and the income. Yeah. He was the one who gave David um, the idea for this current venture, and he is the one who sustains it. For the last six months, uh, the focus really for the company has been to raise investment again, and it's been a really intense and consuming time. Yeah. And as a family, we've shared in that intensity together there have been many highs and then lows and then go, what are you doing? Um, and moments of fear and doubt. Uh, and there's those sneaky thoughts that come into your mind. Um, you know, what happens if this doesn't work? What will yeah. we do? What happens if it does? Um, how will we cope? Just, yeah. yeah. Very three days in the, in the wadi with no water. Yeah. One hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, then on the on June the twenty seventh, um, my brother Nick was leading worship, and we were singing the Lion and the Lamb, which has powerful words of declaration. And I remember just starting to sob, uh, which is probably something I do fairly often in worship anyway. Um, but this time, I just really felt the weight of uh, the future, um, kind of resting. I don't know on, on me. And there was this this mix of fear and exhaustion, knowing that the second round of investment would mean um, significant expansion with the company, and feeling like I couldn't cope with it, even I think as it as it was. Um, I know feelings can sometimes lead us away from God's truth, but sometimes they do simply overwhelm, and God meets us in that place also. I remember leaning into David that Sunday and saying how the future just feels like a massive mountain to climb, yet here we are, exhausted already by the first few years. And um, during that time of worship, God, uh, I had a picture um, of God like a lion, just as we were singing, and he was um, walking through our future offices 
and roaring into every space, um, reminding me that this was his from the beginning and it is still his uh, pretty amazing picture to have. After worship, James spoke from Exodus about learning to fear God and how in that place of fearing God, trusting his lead, following the line of Judah who goes before us, in that place of trust and awe and reverence, our fears and anxieties are put in their place. I mean, for really, if we if we are truly um, trusting in God, then what do we have to fear? And it was a very um, perfectly timed message. Thanks, James. And he read from Exodus 3. This is the account of Moses encountering God at Mount Horeb, or Mount Sinai, and the burning bush. This is also the place where Elijah hides in a cave and God encourages him. Um, so I think it's a really interesting mountain. Here God reveals his plan for the deliverance of the Israelites and his promise to them. David and I were both reading these verses from our Bibles, um, but we both kept on reading after James had stopped. Sorry, James, we got distracted. Yeah, we, we <laughs> got a bit stuck. <laughs> and we eventually landed on a um, cool verse, I will be with you, and this will be a sign to you that, is, that it, it is I who have sent you, which when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you, you will worship God on this mountain. And individually at that moment, God spoke to us. God is leading us up the mountain, and it is God, and sorry, and it is not a mountain to be feared if we fear the one who leads us and the one who makes his dwelling there. And from this mountain we will worship. Uh, Miriam and her brothers, Moses and Aaron, were already in their 80s, maybe even nearly late 80s. Um, and here they are finally set free after a lifetime of oppression. Yet they still have this unknown journey ahead of them. I mean, I just can't imagine that <laughs> in my 80s. And then you've got this huge journey. And at the end, yeah, at the end of her song, they sing, You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, your hands established. The Lord will reign forever and ever. We will worship God from the mountain. We will worship God on our journey up. And when we at last see him with our own eyes, face to face, I'm sure we will fall in worship and awe. And along the way, he will give us vantage points where we can look back and remember the works of his hands. Just as David said, how important that is. He will lead us through unknown territory, through seas, through battles. And just as he led the Israelites to Marah, the place of bitter waters, where they were desperately thirsty. He will lead us through these places also, and he will hear our cries, and he will reveal himself there. He spoke to the Israelites at Marah. He asked them to trust him. And just as it says, I think it was, oh, I can't remember what verse now, um, 
If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, and if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Here we God turned the bitter into sweet. He revealed to his children another of his names. And from this place of testing, he led them to the twelve springs of Elam to rest before again leading them on. Yet it was in the hard place of Mara where he met with them. In Deuteronomy 6.12, Then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I think God um, has a way of testing our hearts, doesn't he? And our faith, again and again, asking us, will you trust me in this? Will you lay down your fears and fretting? Will you trust in I am? Will you lift your eyes in the desert place and praise me? Will you praise me from Mara, from Elam, before the enemy who threatens and as the enemy flees? Will you praise me from this point in time, from this position you are in, even if you were not to see the promises fulfilled in this generation, or when my ways you do not understand, and when you cannot see ahead? Will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. In your unfailing love, Lord, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide us to your holy dwelling. Lord, we just want to um, thank you so much for this incredible history and for your mighty outstretched arms and your mighty hand. Lord, that you have shown your power, you have shown um, breakthrough, that you have delivered us from uh, the power of darkness, from death, from sin that there is um, nothing that is impossible for you. And I thank you that you are the one, you are the line of Judah that goes before us. You are the one who knows what is to come. And we can trust you, for your name is faithful. Your name is true. And we can trust you. And Father, I just pray that you will strengthen us, the knees that give way. You will strengthen us, Father, to stand and worship from the positions that you have placed us in at this current time. Whether we've got the big sea and the waves in front of us, or whether we've already walked through and we're facing a desert. (laughs) Whether we feel like we're at Mara and we're thirsty, or maybe we're in Elam and we're resting under a palm tree. Lord, from from any of these positions and from lockdown... (laughs) across the nation and the countries of the world. Lord, that we will be a people with our eyes focused upon you, with our eyes lifted up to you, that we will remember what you have done and we will worship you and we will praise you.
We will love you with all our strength, our minds, our souls, our hearts. That we will worship you. That we will remember and not turn away. Mm, I thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Um, We look forward to seeing your faces for real and so look forward to worshipping with you whenever that's going to (laughs) be. We miss you. Mm. Bye. Bye.